and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason, and today I'm joined by Ben and Claire. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing all right. Great to hear. This episode of the Dakota Student Podcast is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of North Dakota. You are invited to an evening with Tressie McMillan Cottom on the future of education, an Eye of the Hawk lecture hosted by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of North Dakota. Author, sociologist, and public scholar Dr. Tressie McMillan Cottom will engage you with analytical insights and personal experiences as she discusses the future of education. Thursday, March 11th at 5.30 p.m. To attend this virtual event, please pre-register by visiting und.edu slash eye of the hawk. So in UND news, the High Performance Center is to be named the Fritz Poller Junior Athletic Performance Center. Um, it's an awesome way to honor the guy. I don't know if you guys read too much about him. He was an Olympian. He competed in three sports, boxing, track, and football. It's kind of wild. It's a nearly $20 million project. All True has committed $9 million towards it. Some big money. You guys excited to see it? I mean, yeah, I guess it's hard to know when something like that's actually going to be completed. I mean, think of where the union's gone. Will it actually be done when they say it will be? But, you know. Yeah, we actually talked about the union last podcast. We got some stiff words from our big man, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see it. I feel like it's well-deserved. I believe his um, son spoke about it and saying he was honored and you know, Spritz would, would be honored as well. So good job, UND. Doing something right. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's a very cool, a very nice thing to do. Yeah, it looks like they're in the midst of uh raising funds for phase two of the project currently. I'm sure we'll have some more updates for that later down the road. Who knows when they'll be done? I don't believe they have a date of estimated completion or anything like that. Well, I believe so. I believe that this is just a renaming of the High Performance Center, which was phase one and completed um, from the readings I've been able to do, um, which was completed and was built in 2015. Yeah. And then they added bleachers to it. But then what? what's phase two? Phase two uh, includes a weight room, locker rooms, student-athlete, academic center, sports medicine facilities, and coaches' offices. So they're adding on quite a bit. Oh, I mean, that it's basically done for the average student here, not necessarily for student-athletes in the future, but... Yeah, right. A big chunk of the facility is complete. It's now just the continuations of uh, little parts here and there. This is kind of off-topic since we're talking about the athletic center, but isn't that kind of wild how much renovation UND has done over these past few years? Like the union, we're getting the Nistler School of Business, now we're getting this. It's going to be interesting seeing the campus in, you know, a year or two from now. Well, and then I there was all... They were talking about demolishing some of the dorms and building up again, but I don't know how, how that's going to be in the budget after COVID stuff. But I mean, try to plan for it, I guess. Have you way heard I, what doing? Oh, sorry, Ben. Um, the way I heard it was was they're trying. They're in the midst of remodeling the Wilkerson complex, and I, I thought they. I think there's one room now. Let me. I'll say this. I don't know what is 100 percent true. I, this is just stuff I've heard around. Uh, there's one building for sure that is in the midst of being remodeled. There was another one that's halfway through. 
And then there was a third one that was closed for, I think, two years that they've reopened this year to house students in its old configuration. And I think what they're waiting for now is the money to finish remodeling the two buildings that are halfway done. Hmm. Is what I is what from my last understanding of what I heard. Um, I believe I believe the quads no longer well. They may house some people, but they're no longer at the capacity that they used to be at. Claire, hmm. uh, what dorms did you hear were going to be torn down? I, I know they've remodeled. Over the well, past. what I had heard, I had heard something about like. McVeigh and West, like that part of the Wilkerson complex that was either going to be torn down and redone or completely remodeled. Because I thought it had something to do with like trying to put skyways in as well. But once again, all this is through the grapevine. So I have no sources to cite on that one. But hmm. I know they've been working hard doing the renovations. I was in McVeigh and they were doing, uh, I forgot which hall at the time, Selkie maybe. They were remodeling that. Uh, I think Bran is. Maybe. I think Bran is the one that's. I think Bran is the only one that's. Done. I was in McVeigh last year, but. Huh. Did they do McVeigh last year? No. <laughs> There's one. Uh, one of them that is. I. Uh, I gotta look at a map. So I just happened to go on to UND Housing. Brannon, Hancock, McVeigh, Norn, and Selkie are not being assigned for the next year's school year. Huh. That's a lot of dorms. Yeah. <laughs> Norrin, Selkie, McVeigh, and Brannon. All of those are in the Wilkerson area. Yeah. And the the main food complex is at Wilkerson. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's going to... I don't know what UND plans to do if they don't have all those dorms up and running. Um, well, do we know? I thought I read something that in this fall it's going back to the way it normally be where suites would have like two to a room instead of everyone having their own. Hmm. Um, have they announced I, that yet? I have That's, no idea to be honest. That would be the first I've heard of it. Okay. Well, maybe they haven't announced it. Who knows? Another thing I'm curious to see, I don't know if you guys were here during that time, but my freshman year, I was in McVeigh, like I said, um, but there was houses right next to it. I believe the university bought that land and tore down the houses. You know what that I'm talking about? Is that the one in front of the housing office? It's, uh, I guess. I know what you're referring to, but they weren't there when I was here. Okay. Well, yeah, that it, used to be a bunch of houses. Now it's all flat land. I'm curious what they're going to do with it. Is it the one right in front of the housing office? Uh, in front coming from which way? Uh, southbound yeah yeah from what i w understood i thought they were going to put another dorm there that would make sense i mean it's in that area but uh it's been empty for what three years now two years three years yeah i think that three years is right google earth has a has a very different story <laughs> is it all the houses still there Yes, and it says the map dates of 2021. Huh. Well, that's a lie. Google slacking. Yeah, because it doesn't have any of the right. And I'm looking at stuff, and it doesn't look like it's the way it's supposed to be. Huh? Very interesting. Well, as the common theme with these podcasts, only time will tell. Uh, yeah, 
going to have to keep looking forward to UND building updates, changes to the campus. I'm sure we'll be getting some more information within the coming weeks. For some other big news, though, uh, we didn't do the podcast last week, sadly, but we had a rover touchdown on Mars. I don't know if you guys tuned in to watch that live stream. Pretty interesting stuff. I know we've seen videos from it now from the Perseverance rover. You guys been keeping up with that? I've been keeping up with a little bit of it. It was kind of crazy. Well, I know it it may seem crazy at how people were so astonished to hear wind on Mars. And I'm like, okay, we've heard wind. You <laughs> know what? It sounds just like wind on Earth. What I think is most interesting is the sky. That sounds kind of weird, but you know, it's no blue sky. It's I believe like a white, whitish gray sky. Well, what I think is interesting about the whole Mars exploration as general is like the whole ice caps on the poles. Like some people think that Mars was once covered in water. And so then therefore there could still like be life frozen in those waters or signs of life. And I think that's interesting, but yeah, I agree. And I don't, I don't know uh, how they're going to explore that. You know, they're going to have to get something to drill like ice cores to yeah get really deep down that'll be hard well, to do well this rover is going to do some court uh drilling and then what it's going to do is drop those cores and then in a few years they're going to send a uh another rover to go up to go to mars to collect it to then bring them those samples back mm -hmm. i think those are just like rock and like i would probably can I call it soil? I don't know. I think those That's are just it. like rock cores. I don't think it's, I don't think they have the tech they want for the ice at that point. No, I feel like you'd need to dig a lot deeper than that rover could handle. But still, hopefully they find something interesting. Another thing that's interesting is all the old like riverbeds. Did you guys see that? It looks like there was places where streams were and things of that nature. I don't know. It's, I like space exploration, so I'm, I've been glued to my seat watching that stuff. <laughs> it was pretty cool uh, watching the whole descent thing because you knew as soon as soon as we heard that it was going into this, the descent phase, it was already either crashed or landed because of the 12-minute, I think, isn't it? I believe it's 12-minute delay between from it sending its transmission signal to us receiving it. So we said hope and see that didn't crash. <laughs> That would be an awfully tense 12 minutes to be working at NASA. Yeah. Yes. Do you guys think we'll start seeing some more uh, rovers going to different planets? I know there was, um, Russia's been kind of the, the trailblazer for that. They, I believe one of their first rovers they sent was to Venus. I don't, do you guys think we'll, we'll see that from NASA sending it to, you know, these inhospitable planets? Uh, I, I think we will see it in the future. I just think we need to figure out, um, we need to figure out the best version of the Rover because I, because we've currently sent three, three, no, we've sent how many? Quite a bit to Mars. You're saying we've sent four rovers to Mars of that. Two of them, um, did not die, but they stopped working fairly shortly. Because we got, we had that one that got stuck, and then we had the other one that um, had the solar panels get covered and weren't able to charge. Uh, 
So I don't think until we see the most, um, until we have a rover that we are positive that it will work uh, pretty much on, on its own where we don't have to, where it, yes, we are still sending its information, but we don't have to worry about it too much. I think then we may send it to another planet. What if the optimal rover isn't just one rover, but a pair of rovers to like maintain each other? Huh? Could be. Could be. Sounds like a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, well, I mean, I, it's easy to say like, oh, once we fine tune one type of rover, it'll work for other planets. But like, um, I think the differences are just so... Yeah, like doesn't Venus like not have like a magnetic field? Like when oh, that the, like, really screw with stuff. That Russian rover only lasted like two pictures and then it died. Yep. Yeah. It, it uh yeah, those planets are terrible. They're they're hot, they're dark, they're cold. There's a lot of factors with each rover. They're all gonna have to be different for each planet. And I think the reason why we've been so fascinated with Mars is because Mars is possibly a a uh a planet we could live on if something were to happen whereas some of the other planets uh, like we're talking about venus the surface temperature um, average is over 800 degrees fahrenheit yeah. with its uh, with its uh atmosphere mostly uh contained up of uh, carbon dioxide um, two of those things will kill you pretty much instantly so I think, I think we will eventually see us exploring uh, um, these with actually some rovers in the future. I just think the, the the emphasis currently is on other forms of where life could be sustained. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the big arguments against like the Mars exploration and you know trying to actually set up a a colony on Mars per se. Is that you know we should focus on Earth. What do you guys think about that? I'll give my opinion first. Um, you know, I feel like we should colonize Mars. Like Ben said, it's, you know, it's a just in case scenario in case we mess up Earth. I don't think that should be the main reason, though, because we should take care of Earth. But I feel like humans will always need a sense of adventure and exploration, you know, to keep life interesting. You guys have a take on that? I don't think we could say any better. Better, yes. It's we need that place of 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 uh, exploration it's like yes we can only do so much on one planet and if we can maybe find a other planet where we can actually uh, where it's possible we could have life sustained there then we might as well try to do it uh, and it's worth a shot it's like we we might as well understand these other planets as well we've sent many probes out and have been able to uh, take pictures and done some research but the only way you can truly know about um what's there is if you were to send a rover or a human on the surface the nice thing about the rover is as long as the rover isn't stuck and has a power source that can last a while it could basically run forever uh well i mean well, it could it could run it could run for as long as its mission cycle is, um, and I think that is where 
as if with these four rovers that we've now sent and other nations sending them as well, it's just trying to understand what is this planet like? Cause it's Mars is really the closest planet next to us. And with similar size and stuff, um, we could understand, uh, how it works. And could we pot, could it, could, is it possible? Like Elon's planning is to have a colony on Mars at all times. So it's going to be another thing where it may not be something that we can get to tomorrow, but it's something that maybe we could get to in in 10, 20, 30 years or something where we're able to uh, look, do our, do the research and figure out, is it safe before we actually are able to send people there? I think the opportunity to explore Mars and possibly colonize it just creates an opportunity for like different problem solving techniques, because say you're trying to, I don't know, grow your own food sources on Mars. However you solve that problem for Mars, odds are the things that you learn and the technology you create for that is going to be somewhat applicable to Earth. And so I think the opportunity to use knowledge in both those areas will actually benefit each other. Um, looking at different problems from a different perspective. So, well, there's also the technology on Earth can be used there as well. I mean, maybe not be extent, a, a, it may yeah. not be a one to one copy, but you have an idea of okay, this is how we've done it here. Let's see if we change like some. Let's let's see if we change one thing. Like we know Mars had does not have the same uh, atmosphere makeup makeup. Maybe we figure out a way to artificially try stuff on Earth and then see if it works in an artificial lab to mimic it and then see if maybe it works on Mars. So I think I see what Claire is saying though. I think she made a good point. You know, if they can figure out how to farm on Mars with a terrible soil, they might be able to figure out how to farm in like a drought ridden place like some parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. could go vice versa. Maybe if they figure it out in Africa, they could do it on Mars. But a lot more factors there. I don't know. It's all going to be interesting to see. Yes, it is. Speaking of preserving Earth, though, we had that big storm in Texas, and now we have a bunch of lawsuits, um, mostly against Gritty, a power supplier. Uh, is that the term I should use? I don't know. They're a wholesale power provider to, that basically... They're under a lot of heat right now because there are there were people who got seventeen and eighteen thousand dollar electric bills with the money already removed from their accounts before they even saw a bill. Yeah, and that's just that's just wild. For those who and, don't know, um, Texas is not on. I think they say like the federal power grid. They have their own separate power system. I think they have a bunch of bills and all that jazz to remain independent. For power so uh kind of shows the pros and cons of that yeah i i could not imagine seeing a getting achieving receiving a seventeen thousand dollar bill for electricity and then the money's already taken out of my account before i even get to see that bill no i would not be happy and i don't even get how they're getting those high charges like the power so wasn't the, even on. So the, it's not. Were they charged for power they weren't even? So the them? way it worked was gritty. Okay, let me rephrase it. So the way that electricity works in Texas is it's sold by the megawatt. 
So you pay, so the comp, whoever your provider is pays per that megawatt. Well, what the people were seeing was, is those prices went up exorbitantly where that, that wholesale price for electricity went, was huge because they were so short. So what the problem was, is people's rates were so high that caused their, and because Gritty had a flexible uh, payment strategy, which meant you're paying what the cheapest rate is possible, jumped up because that was the cheapest rate for that time. So that's so that's what's gotten them into a lot of trouble is they are were a they're a flexible rate company, and yet these rates went up massive as this winter storm hit. So who do we think is at fault? You know, like Gritty probably had that in their contract that rates could climb. Uh, I'm sure they weren't foreseeing a massive storm like this as other people didn't. So I don't, what do you guys think is going to happen with these lawsuits? Is gritty at fault for this? Um, I'm not sure the problem is actually the rates going up that high. Like I'm sure they have so many lawyers on this right now for protecting that fluctuating rate. But I think the problem is the money being removed before a statement was even sent. I'm guessing that's where these lawsuits are actually going to be more important. Um, that's my guess, just from what I know of the situation. So, Yeah, that's what I have to say, too. Um, well, well, I can tell you this. Um, Gritty no longer exists. What do you mean? Um, this is a letter to from Gritty. To our oh, loyal yeah. security members, we had no, we this. It was not a choice we made. On February sixteenth, we asked ERCOT, which is the Texas company that deals with all the, this uh, that deals with the power. Uh, when our members needed it most, that we did not take action. This is after the PUTC, something else I'm missing in Texas, mandated the maximum price for days, a decision that was made to take the price out of the hands of the market. Today, ERCOT took our members and effectively shut down Gritty. On the same day, when ERCOT announced it had a $2.1 billion shortfall, we decided to take it against only one company that represented a tiny fraction of the market and that shortfall. We have been transparent and customer-centric at every step. Um, we wanted to continue our fight for our members to get relief that hasn't changed. We will send updates for more information. So, hmm. yeah, there's more to the story that's going to come out. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more to the story that will emerge in the coming weeks. I don't know. From my, you know, ill-informed interpretation of this, I don't think Gritty really had much say in it either. I don't think they, you know, try to manipulate people and try to screw them over. I, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, I just feel like it was poor, poor planning on everyone's part, from the government to the consumers for planning. They don't even have their houses insulated. Obviously, things weren't going to go well. I don't know. It's a tough situation. I think this also raises a bigger question about the infrastructure of the U.S. right now. Like, I understand that this is unprecedented for Texas and they aren't all those grid. Their like, electrical system is not equipped to handle winter storms. But... Don't we think that something should have been done about that like years ago to even consider that possibility? Like how often is this stuff updated? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think Texas is just such a unique place and, you know, just so hell-bent on being independent, really. You know, the Lone Star State. They didn't want any federal help. And I don't no, know, but- when a situation like that... Well, they're, what I'm saying is, like, their electrical needs. They have no federal assistance with electricity. Um, so it leaves them in tough spots when disaster happens. And they tr- basically what happened was is they just ran out of power. Yeah. I, I wonder what the situation would be like if they were on the federal grid and could keep power. I don't know. I don't know. I bet we see some stuff. Who, who knows? Maybe Texas will finally change and be actually on the grid, the national grid rather than their own grid. Out of curiosity, what is the electrical grid between North Dakota and Minnesota? Because in my engineering classes in high school, we always talked about how North Dakota, especially like the lignite coal plants, produce so much power that we literally sell it to Minnesota and then buy it back if we actually need it. Um, but then again, this was also back when I was in high school, so I'm sure things could have changed by then, but... So I think the way it works is we're trying to understand the whole, if North Dakota makes more power than they're consuming and they sell it to Minnesota, how does North Dakota then buy power from Minnesota using North Dakota? But then that also raises how much, like what states are considered part of the federal grid for electric? Everyone but Texas. Yeah, Texas, but then if North Hawaii. Dakota is a separate entity selling electricity to Minnesota, how does that fit into that? I feel like it, they wouldn't sell it specifically to Minnesota. Maybe they would, but they'd probably just put it onto the federal grid where people need it. And then I'm so sure it just gets pumped out to Minnesota because it's closer and there's a larger population. So that makes sense versus yeah. South Dakota or Montana type of thing. One thing I do know about electricity is it's very hard to store. So as soon as they produce it, I'm sure they want to use it. So I, I don't know. I feel like they just send it wherever it needs to go. Yep. I, it's one of those interesting things where it works and when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> and maybe, all right, I'm going to shoot for the future here. I don't know if I'm right, but uh, with Texas being so independent and, you know, the U.S. has been fairly off-put on the concept of nuclear energy. Do we see Texas trying to develop a new nuclear power plant there for some more energy? Well, to produce nuclear power, you have to be on the coast. So you'd be looking at like kind of a Houston area. But do you really want a nuclear power plant in an area where you can almost guarantee there will be tropical storms every year? Like, I don't know about that one. That's a fair point. Yeah, I don't think that's your best idea. Well, what what can they do though? You know, they posted. Well, they're saw... a big natural gas consumer. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, is when they got cold, they don't insulate stuff, so the natural gas couldn't flow. And they had their wind turbines frozen over, and yeah, and wind failed. So, and but. Truly, what this is kind of proving in a roundabout way is alternative forms of energy, solar, um, wind, using like electric cars. It all works 
when you've got wind and you've got the sun. And when you don't have those, you don't have anything. And on an electric car, if you don't have electricity, you can't charge the car. I think people were got on this whole um, electric car bandwagon because of that. They thought it was better for the environment. But, okay, look at the situations like this. You lose power for a few days. You can't charge your car. And if you only have electric cars, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I think this will uh, kind of paint a picture for how reliable the it, it sounds bad, but how reliable fossil fuels are, you know, it's if they would have had more places to power via coal or whatnot, I'm sure they would have done a fair bit better since, you know, it's, it's a coal fired plant. It's, it's going to work. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> As always, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All I know is they better be ready for the next storm. I can't see it. Well, Ted Cruz caused a bit of a storm for them, and it happened at the exact same time. Oh, yeah. That was just, I don't know, man. That's that's a politician right there. I, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. That's the typical politician for you. When it's going bad, they're out of there because they really do not care. Did you guys see that uh, Texas mayor as well? I forgot what, what town, but he released a statement saying the government doesn't owe you anything, and he's a, he's the mayor. So, you know, paying taxes, paying 50, 40% of your income and the government doesn't owe you anything. I don't know. It's just repulsive to say the least. Yes, it is. I mean, going on vacation in general right now is enough to cause a commotion. I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Nothing's changed. So I don't... Yeah, I don't get that. And I mean, he kind of pawned off on this idea of, oh, this is for my family. And it's like, okay, then your family can go fly out and hang out in where were they, Cancun? Like, yep. whatever. Yeah, but you know why they went there? Because they're cold. Yeah. I saw that the text messages got leaked from like his wife or something. Oh, yeah. Saying, we got to get out of here. It's too cold. <laughs> I don't know. It's but a, I think originally his statement was something about like his family's mental health. Like, I think yeah. that's how he tried to spin it. Yeah, he definitely tried spinning it. And I don't think it worked. Yeah. Well, on a brighter note, actually, there is no really brighter note. Um, <laughs> I don't really have any positive news for you today. Daft Punk split up. Uh, that's I kind of grew up on Daft Punk. I don't know if you guys did. You guys remember like the, the stronger, better, faster, stronger hand videos? People doing it on their hands. No. Uh, look it no. up sometime. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about once you see it. But yeah, they Daft Punk definitely helped shape the electronic music industry. That's what that's called. I don't know. In uh, other split up news, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian West are getting a divorce. Oh, how the the states will be saddened at that news. I don't know. I saw it coming. I well, they like had already that. announced it like a couple weeks ago. This is just officially. Yeah. I feel like that whole relationship was just a publicity stunt to begin with. As most things. Weren't they married for several years, though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I, um, 
I just got more entertainment over that TikToker who totally made that absolute lie about Jeffree Star and Kanye. That's what gave me life. Just watching the absolute ridiculousness of it. That was so entertaining to me. Like, yeah, Kim and Kanye are getting divorced, but just the fact that something so outrageous could have been made up, like that's what was entertaining to me. My favorite thing from that was the, the movie White Girls and all the memes with it. Those are cracking me up. And those are prime. And that's all I know of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. I don't stay up to date on that relationship. Um, friends love the Kardashians, but I don't keep up with them. So whatever I know comes through them. In other news, the governor of New York, Andrew, uh, I had trouble pronouncing this last time as well. Cuomo? Como. Como, Como, right? Como. You know, he's had a lot of backlash recently with his his policies regarding retirement homes and COVID, but this is some new, um, some new news about him. He's how many people is it up to now? Two or three with sexual harassment allegations against him. Well, I know one was his uh, assistant. Yeah. I know there's, there's been like campaign staffers and aides and I don't know. It's, it's not looking good for the guy. It hasn't been looking good for the guy for a while. I honestly don't like him. What do you guys think? I think he's gonna. He doesn't have much. Much. I um. Let me rephrase it. I don't think he's got much longer as being governor. At the at the rate he's uh going into stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. That. I, I think I said last time that he looks like a a dishonest and manipulative politician, and I stand by my statement. But I do think that about most politicians, so it's not really a unique case. What do you think, Claire? I politicians in general just really sicken me. Like, ugh. like everyone has their own dirty laundry, but you just feel like the more power they have, just the ickier it gets. I mean, we need some some sort of different system to not vet politicians, but I think know, we just need a new. Check. Something, something more transparent, I guess. Um, it's just so easy to cover things up these days. And they just, yeah. I feel like with our generation, it's going to be different. Everyone's dirty laundry is going to be on their social media. And people are quick to find out that stuff. So I'm hoping our generation's different. We'll see some honest people for once. And some people who actually care for their fellow American. I feel like that hasn't been said in a while. I don't know. It's just stuff like this that uh, really puts a damper on your American spirit. If you know what I'm saying? Like these are our leaders. These are the best people we have to make decisions for us. And they're really not the best people we have to make decisions for us. They're just the people with connections and money that, that do be it. <laughs> do so, be it. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of live by a, an old George Carlin coat. Garbage in, garbage out. That's uh, the way the American politics goes. Very true. Very true. Some more recent news. We had the Golden Globes. That could be exciting news for some people. I yeah, I like seeing interested. all the fashion. That's a good time. I I love that. I also worked um, in fashion. I guess I still still am employed uh, in the fashion industry. So seeing all of those trends come into play, that's interesting to me. Um, it's fun seeing I, on Instagram, I'll follow different celebrities and I'll see whatever they're wearing, but I also follow those like design houses. So it's fun seeing it pop up twice. You're like, dang, I recognize that. 
So that's fun for me, at least. <laughs> I can't say I follow the fashion industry to that extent. I do like, uh, all right, who was the host? Amy Poehler uh, and Tina Fey. Who was the host a couple of years ago? Ricky Gervais? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he was host, that's when I watched him. And I had a good time just because he bashed Hollywood. And that's always fun. It was It was funny watching all the reactions when he did that as well. The people who laughed and the people who didn't laugh. We need more of that. This high-end Mexican guy got his vaccine in the U.S. and thank the U.S. Uh, but couldn't didn't do it in Mexico. Huh. I feel like I feel like you need to be a U.S. citizen to get a vaccine here. At least in this day and age, you know. I feel like vaccines are still in limited supply. I don't know how they go about it, though. I really am not informed enough on that. Well, maybe I'm, I'd have to fact check myself, but wasn't Mexico one of the first countries to, like, get behind the Pfizer vaccine? Like, didn't they start earlier? They might have. I'm sure the infrastructure there is completely different than the U.S. and how they're distributing it, but, yeah, I'd have, I'd have to look into that. It looks like they are vaccinating, but um, it's it's a very slow rate. Okay. But yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think about it. It's like he's a columnist, he's a high up uh, TV show, and he basically tweeted out saying, "Already vaccinated, thanks, uh, USA. What a sadness that my own country did not offer me that security." The way I look at it is. Um, you aren't the u.s has bought the vaccine for all u.s citizens they didn't buy the vaccine for non-u.s citizens so basically he was able he just came here to get his free vaccine because he knew that you don't you didn't have to do much and i mean Um, citizenship aside there though too the u.s already has their protocols on how they're distributing it so that means he jumped the line in front of like healthcare professionals or teachers or who whatever stage florida's at so I think well, that's it's, actually it's, a bigger problem too. It's just like those two ladies who dressed up as gran- grannies to get their vaccine. Yeah. Did you hear about that one, Mason? Yeah, I heard. Um, they got it once actually before that, and that was their second dose. They were going. Yeah, for. they were trying to go and get their second dose, um, and they got caught. Yeah. I don't know. It obviously seems like there's not too much red tape around getting vaccinated right now, which is kind of surprising. I feel like there would be more. I know my grandpa had a tough time getting vaccinated. And uh, yeah, that was in Florida. So who knows? Who knows? I'm still not trying to get vaccinated right now. I, I don't have any urgency in getting vaccinated. I haven't gone out in months as people should, but I don't think people are listening to that. Well, I still am. Yeah, um, it's very interesting times. Very Oh, there was also that update about the the one vaccine. Who was it? Was it Johnson Johnson? Yep, Johnson Johnson has gotten uh, emergency use authorization. So yeah, we'll see how that works out. Tons of companies, tons of vaccines. I'm sure everything will be fine and dandy. Let's well, uh, get to sports. <laughs> uh, before we get before we get to sports, there's some breaking news. The FDA has now given emergency use authorization for. Quidel's quick view at home test. Oh, um, one. 
Yeah. Um, My question is, are you know, like ibuprofen when a generic brand sells it and, uh, you know, the ibuprofen brand or whatever, Advil, whoever sells it, they have to be chemically the same drug, even if different companies sell it. Is that what's going on with the vaccines right now? Are they all chemically the same drug or are we dealing with five different drugs right now? Um, Good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know all the the in the uh, the differences between all of them. Um, I believe they're all using the same mRNA technology, but I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on that information. Yeah, I'm curious to see that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Finish it off. Let's get to some sports here. We have lots of dubs, couple L's. You know, we'll keep pushing through. Hockey killing it versus Omaha. Men's basketball had a, a win loss against Omaha. Women's basketball win loss as well. Women's volleyball caught some L's, but that's all right. We'll keep killing it. Keep coming back. Women's soccer had a couple L's against Omaha. That's all right, ladies. You'll kill it. <laughs> Men's tennis, bunch of wins. Women's tennis, three losses and a win. You know, not much you can do except try harder next time. Softball, winning a loss. Football. Two wins. I know we've been seeing lots of, uh, I've been seeing lots of stuff with Barstool and videos with football. I know they're doing very well right now. So yes, guys. Yes, very good job. And that's it. Someone from North Dakota. The thing I love the most about Barstool is just watching UND and NDSU students go at it. That is my joy. I do also really like rap out of each other. That's so much fun. It is fun. I like when other schools hop in too to like support us or NDSU. I don't know. The barstool community is something that's very unique and sounds like quite awesome. It adds to the college experience. I love the chaos of it. Nothing yeah. logical. It's great. It's nice. It is great. Well, thank you for tuning in to Coda Student Podcast. Hope you had a good time. We'll be back next week and have a great day. Stay safe out there.